welcome everyone to Understanding the I Am That Is You podcast. Hey everybody, it's your girl Wynn Robert, and I pray all is well with everyone, and your hearts and minds are full of love, joy, and compassion for all God's children and all God's creation. Remember, regardless of the experiences we have in this existence, know that the blessings of God are always everlasting, grander than that which is material. When we strive to stay focused on our own mighty I Am Presence, the presence of the living God within us. And regardless of the ups and downs that we may encounter throughout our journey, know that there is always light eternal to be thankful for. But how we choose to live this life, y'all, is completely up to us. Let's choose love. Amen. Give thanks and praises for love and light. And y'all be loved. That there is to be a period of a 1,000 years during which Satan shall be bound and Christ shall reign on this earth, is plainly stated in the New Testament. This period is mentioned six times in Revelation 21-7, and is generally called the Millennium, from the Latin words mil, 1,000, and annum, year. It is to be regretted, however, that the word Millennium ever supplanted the Biblical word Kingdom, for it is this period that Christ taught his disciples to pray for in the petition, Thy Kingdom come. Let us drop then for the present the word millennium and look at the word kingdom. In the book of Daniel, we learn that there were to be four worldwide kingdoms that were to succeed each other on the earth and that they were to be destroyed in turn by a kingdom called the stone kingdom. As those four kingdoms were literal kingdoms, it follows that the stone kingdom must be a literal kingdom, for it takes the place of those kingdoms and fills the whole earth. This stone kingdom is the millennial kingdom of Christ. The time when this stone kingdom shall be set up is at the revelation of Christ, when he shall come with the armies of heaven and destroy the Antichrist, Revelation 19:11-21, and judge the nations. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats, and he shall set the sheep, sheep nations, on his right hand, but the goats, goat nations on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. Matthew 25 31-34 This kingdom is an earthly, visible kingdom, and is the millennial kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be a theocracy, God will rule in the person of the Lord Jesus, Christ. And the angel said unto Mary, Thou shalt bring forth a son and shalt call his name Jesus. He shall be great and shall be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God shall give unto him the throne of his father David, and he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom, 
there shall be no end. Luke 1 30-33. There are seven of God's shells in this passage. Four of them have been fulfilled, for Mary did bring forth a son, he was called Jesus, he was great, and was called the Son of the Highest, the other three must and will be fulfilled. Daniel the prophet describes the event. I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven, and came to the Ancient of Days, God, and they brought him near before him. And there was given him dominion, and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages, should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. Whether Christ shall sit in person on the throne at Jerusalem, or whether he shall rule through another is not so clear. There are several passages of scripture that seem to teach that King David will be raised and placed on the throne again, and that the children of Israel will seek him, or it may mean that the new king shall be named David. Afterward shall the children of Israel return, and seek the Lord their God, and David their king, and shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Hosea 3 5. They shall serve the Lord their God, and David their king, whom I will raise up unto them. Jeremiah 39. And David, my servant, shall be king over them. Ezekiel 37 24. I Jehovah will be their God, and my servant David a prince in their midst. Ezekiel 34 24. My servant David shall be their prince forever. Ezekiel 37 25. As the Lord of hosts shall reign in Mount Zion, and in Jerusalem, and before his ancients gloriously, Isaiah 24 23, the inference is that King David will reign simply as regent, and will be called king or prince as circumstances may require. It is very clear from Ezekiel that the prince, whoever he may be, is not perfect, and has to offer sacrifices for himself, Ezekiel 45 22. We have a hint of the manner of government in the parable of the pounds. That parable was spoken to show what Jesus will do to his servants, the Jews, when he shall have received the kingdom and returned. The man whose pound shall have gained ten pounds will be rewarded by being placed in authority over ten cities. The man whose pound shall have gained five pounds will have authority over five cities. The man who failed to use his pound is simply deprived of it and loses all opportunity of authority. Luke 19 11-26 the promise that Jesus made to his disciples that in the regeneration when the Son of Man shall sit on the throne of his glory, ye also shall sit upon twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel, Matthew 19:28, in all probability does not refer to the millennial age, but to the perfect age, the age that is to follow the renovation of the earth by fire. The use of the word regeneration suggests this, as it refers to the time when the present earth is to be recreated and made new. It has occurred to the writer that we have not as yet the proper perspective as to all the Old Testament prophecies, and that we are putting in the millennial age some things that belong to the perfect age. The one just mentioned for example, some object to the visible reign of King David, or the disciples on the earth during the millennium because it involves the anomaly of intercourse between men in the flesh and those who are clad in resurrected and glorified bodies. But why should this be an objection? Did not Jesus appear eleven times after his resurrection, during a period of forty days, to his disciples? Did he not eat and drink with them during that period? Did they not walk with him to the Mount of Olives and see him go up in that same resurrection body? Did not angels appear in human form and eat and drink with men in Old Testament times? Genesis 18 1-8 We must not forget that they who shall be accounted worthy to obtain that age, and the resurrection from among the dead, shall be angel-like. Luke 20:35-36, and like the angels can mingle with earth's inhabitants, having visible bodily forms, 
can eat and drink, and there is probably more truth than poetry in the prophet's utterance that in those days, they that wait upon the Lord, as messengers, shall renew their strength, they shall mount up with wings as eagles, angels, they shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Isaiah 40:31. This can be said of only those who have been raised in power. 1 Corinthians 15:42-43. The Book of Revelation by Clarence Larkin, 1919. Chapter 5 Canon Westcott, quoting Hermas, shows him asking, And why is the gate new, Lord, I said. Because he replied, he was manifested at the last of the days of the dispensation, for this cause the gate was made new, in order that they who shall be saved might enter by it into the kingdom of God. There are two peculiarities worthy of note in this passage. To begin with, it attributes to the Lord a false statement of the same character as that so emphasized by the Apostle John, and which brought, at a later period, the whole of the Orthodox Christians, who accepted the apostolic allegories as literal, to such inconvenient straits. Jesus, as Messiah, was not manifested at the last of the days, for the latter are yet to come, notwithstanding a number of divinely inspired prophecies, followed by disappointed hopes, as a result, to testify to his immediate coming. The belief that the last times had come, was natural, when once the coming of King Messiah had been acknowledged. The second peculiarity is found in the fact that the prophecy could have been accepted at all, when even its approximate determination is a direct contradiction of Mark, who makes Jesus distinctly state that neither the angels, nor the Son himself, know of that day or that hour. We might add that, as the belief undeniably originated with the Apocalypse, it ought to be self-evident proof that it belonged to the calculations peculiar to the capitalists and the pagan sanctuaries. It was the secret computation of a cycle, which, according to their reckoning, was ending toward the latter part of the first century. It may also be held as a corroborative proof, that the Gospel according to Mark, as well as that ascribed to John, and the Apocalypse, were written by men, of whom neither was sufficiently acquainted with the other. The Logos was first definitely called Petro, Rock, by Philo, the word, moreover, as we have shown elsewhere, means in Chaldaic and Phoenician, interpreter. Justin Martyr calls him, throughout his works, angel, and makes a clear distinction between the Logos and God the Creator. The Word of God is his Son, and he is also called Angel and Apostle, for he declares whatever we ought to know, interprets, and is sent to declare whatever is disclosed. Adam Inferior is distributed into its own paths, into 32 sides of paths, yet it is not known to anyone but Seir. But no one knows the superior Adon and his paths, except that long face, the Supreme God. Seir is the Nazarene genius, who is called Ebel Zivo, and Gabriel Legatus, also Apostle Gabriel. The Nazarenes held with the Kabbalists that even the Messiah who was to come did not know the superior Adon, the concealed deity, no one except the Supreme God. Thus, showing that above the supreme intelligible deity, there is one still more secret and unrevealed. Seir Ampin is the third god, while Logos, according to Philo Judaeus, is the second one. This is distinctly shown in the Codex. The false messiah shall say, I am Deus, son of Deus, my father sent me here. I am the first legate, I am Ebelzevo, I am come from on high. But distrust him, for he will not be Ebelzevo. 
Ebel Zivo will not permit himself to be seen in this age. Hence the belief of some Gnostics that it was not Ebel Zivo, Archangel Gabriel, who overshadowed Mary, but Ildabath, who formed the material body of Jesus, Christos uniting himself with him only at the moment of baptism in the Jordan. H.P. Blavatsky Can we doubt Nork's assertion that the Bereshit Rabbah, the oldest part of the Midrash Rabbath, was known to the Church Fathers in a Greek translation? But if on the one hand, they were sufficiently acquainted with the different religious systems of their neighbors to have enabled them to build a new religion alleged to be distinct from all others, their ignorance of the Old Testament itself, let alone the more complicated questions of Grecian metaphysics, is now found to have been deplorable. So, for instance, in Matthew 27 9, the passage from Zechariah 11:12 to 13, is attributed to Jeremiah, says the author of Supernatural Religion. In Mark 1-2, a quotation from Malachi 3-1, is ascribed to Isaiah. In Corinthians 2-9, a passage is quoted as Holy Scripture, which is not found in the Old Testament at all, but which is taken as Origen and Jerome state, from an apocryphal work, The Revelation of Elias, Origen, Tract 35, and the passage is similarly quoted by the so-called Epistle of Clement to the Corinthians 34. How reliable are the pious fathers in their explanations of diverse heresies may be illustrated in the case of Epiphanius, who mistook the Pythagorean sacred tetrad, called in the Valentinian Gnosis, Kolarba, for a heretic leader. What with the involuntary blunders, and deliberate falsifications of the teachings of those who differed in views with them, the canonization of the mythological Aura Placida, Gentle Breeze, into a pair of Christian martyrs, Saint Aura and Saint Placida, the deification of a spear and a cloak under the names of S.S. Longimus and Amphibolus, and the patristic quotations from prophets, of what was never in those prophets at all, one may well ask in blank amazement whether the so-called religion of Christ has ever been other than an incoherent dream, since the death of the great master. H.P. Blavatsky Now when you call to your beloved I am presence or the ascended masters or the cosmic beings or the great cosmic law as you refer to the great central sun to give you help, or correct conditions down here, or help you create something constructive, there's a way and a means by which life accomplishes that. These beings are in the universe because they are the way and means provided by the great cosmic law of life and the great central sun, by which manifestation comes into existence, is sustained, fulfills its divine plan and forever expands. There's a way and means by which your calls are fulfilled. And sometimes when you think a light ray comes or a flame is flashed, that comes from the beings who are that flame. And those beings are the angels of the sacred fire from the great central sun. They do not have any destructive force within them. They have never known anything but the perfection of sacred fire love. Now I come to the point where you may have assistance, if you ask for the angels of the sacred fire's control of conditions in and around you, and their invincible, blazing perfection and purity which you want manifested in constructive action to fulfill the divine plan. If you ask for the angels of the sacred fire to blaze everywhere into physical conditions whatever immortal purity and immortal harmony, which means indestructible harmony, to control physical manifestation, you will find it will be controlled. 
It is your obligation, when you know this law, to call these countless legions of the angels of the sacred fire's control of physical manifestation to come into all physical conditions, purify and hold absolute balance in the powers of nature and forces of the elements. This is a very practical thing. And if you want to prove me right, because you can't prove me wrong, I am the law of constructive action. So if you want to prove me, Sometimes when you have cloudbursts or tornadoes, or the destructive activities of the powers of nature and forces of the elements, if you will call for the angels of the sacred fire's love to stop that action of nature and hold perfect balance, there can flash on an instant in and around you that which, I assure you, will hold the balanced control of the powers of nature and forces of the elements. And if I were you, I would practice that for your protection. Whenever you know of the destructive activities of the powers of nature and forces of the elements, instead of just ignoring it or passing it by as a remark, don't miss the opportunity to call the great central sun's limitless, invincible legions of the angels of the sacred fire's indestructible purity to sweep into those powers of nature, purify them, and hold everything in balanced control, and protect what is constructive. This you will find, is a very, very constructive activity, and will give you protection, not only yourselves, but it will enable protection to come to the physical things of this world that you use many times, and which you have to have to fulfill the divine plan. Beloved Archangel Michael These are the guarding angels. These are the guarding legions by which the ascended masters and cosmic beings can protect a nation, individuals, a world, or a system of worlds by which all manifestation is controlled. We want you to become our partners in the controlling of all conditions by the sacred fire love and purity that is manifested always by the angels of the sacred fire. There are uncountable billions of legions of these angels of the sacred fire of eternal healing, of eternal purity, of eternal control, and of manifestations that lower the miracles and perfection from the ascended masters octave into the physical things of this world, until this world becomes filled with the perfection that does fulfill the divine plan. And when mankind wants to understand the purpose of physical embodiment, wants to understand how to bring ascended master perfection here, wants to understand how to purify conditions of the physical world, and replace everything that is destructive by the divine plan fulfilled that raises all into the victory of the ascension, including the earth itself and the powers of nature and forces of the elements, when mankind wants to understand that, it will not be long until the answer comes, because the hour must strike when there must come manifestations of the sacred fire into the physical octave that mankind cannot control. And those manifestations come only by the beings whose sacred fire love is immortal. That means your beloved I am presence, the ascended masters, and the cosmic beings. But the great angelic hosts that fill interstellar space are at all times, on the instant, able to come into outer physical conditions and stop what is wrong, consume it, and replace it by that which is constructive and, to be sustained. Your mighty Saint Germain, when he gave you the use of the violet consuming flame, has reminded you several times of the angels of the violet consuming flame. And when one of those beings comes swiftly into the physical atmosphere of earth, as it passes by, it consumes everything unlike its own love and its own purity and its own freedom from discord. If mankind would learn to associate with these beings as much as the intellect is filled with the destructive pictures of outer world manifestation, mankind could not stay in destructive conditions another hour. So, if you decide you don't want to stay any longer in mankind's destructive conditions, come and associate with us. Become acquainted with the angelic host. Let them come and abide with you. Invite them to stay with you. Ask them to purify all things, 
and protect everything that is constructive, and help you to fulfill the Ascended Master's divine plan that frees all from discord forever. And you will find them very real, tangible, all-powerful beings that will never desert you, and never cause you a problem or limitation of any kind. And that's more than the people of this world can promise you. Applause. Thank you so much. Beloved Archangel Michael, 